I think we're going to have to start adding the. Oh my God. If that ever gets on outtakes, that would be bad. I think we just need to make that live every time the dance <laughs> section that everybody misses while all of the, the, the music is playing in the beginning. Hey guys, what's happening? We are back for another episode of Indie Invasion Shorts. And in case you're wondering why we're already laughing, it's because while you guys are watching the intro video, there's a little, camera yeah. down in the bottom that still has us and we have been perfecting our indie invasion dances yeah i and had a little bit of shopping cart going there a little <laughs> sprinkler action <laughs> and one day we shall share those awesome indie invasion moves with you guys not by oh, me <laughs> oh yeah you guys just wait i'm just gonna turn off the video right in the middle of it because i can do that Hey, Mike, what's happening? So we got three people on, so say hello, jump in, say hello, and uh, we'll wait a couple seconds and ramble for just a few before we dive into what we're going to be talking about tonight. So, Eric, did you finish anything? I know we did a little recording last night for the regular podcast, but you yeah, like I, to stay up till four o'clock in the morning. I, so. I spent I spent most of the day uh, doing some the Mad Dash editing to get all our listeners, some new content by Friday. Yes, yes. And I'm actually kind of excited. There's, oh, Todd has joined us. What's happening, Todd? Hello, hello. Hey, he's, he's got power. I know he, he was worried about that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. There's, uh, hopefully everything is restored down there finally. Um, otherwise, the blankets are still in the living room on the floor so everybody can wrap up in the house, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm actually excited about putting everything up. So tomorrow we'll be recording some more audio stories. And then hopefully Friday we will have the next podcast episode. House is 68. Nice. Very good. Thank you for sharing, Todd. We're glad you're warm again. Todd was out of power um, out there in Texas. But hey, all those, all those people in Texas losing power because yeah. they're getting ice storms and mm -hmm. the whole country's going a little bit nuts. So with the, uh, yeah, weather's the weather weather's crazy all over, but I, I still have flip-flops on, but you know, at, it's where I live, man. What can I say? But no, what I was saying is the one thing I'm excited about is we've got a few things to post and we will, I'm pretty sure pretty sure I'd be willing to, you know, put five bucks on it that we should break 4,000 downloads Friday. Easily. We should easily break 4,000 downloads and we'll hopefully we were talking about last night, break 5,000 right around our one year anniversary. So that's some kind of cool milestones for us. Does it actually mean anything? Uh, no, no, but we think it's pretty cool. We think it's pretty cool. Yeah, so, so we got some things in the works. Uh, yep. Stay tuned. Uh, we'll have more information as we get closer to the the birthday. Yes, yes, the birthday will be in. What did we determine? It was April, right? Um, you wrote, wrote it down. down. Yeah, is April, mid April, mid April. Awesome. So we're excited about that. That'll be one year that we have been bumbling around through indie invasion. So if you feel so, so compelled 
to go listen to the first couple, you you may see some little bit of improvement. I did cheat a little bit and came in with Eric and his experience in the podcasting world with Black Hoof Saloon. So I'm just floundering through just like you. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, Eric, we got seven people watching, so let's go ahead and kick this off. So okay. if you're if you're just joining us, say hello. Hey, look, Todd's birthday is mid-April, the 13th. That is actually five days before the Indie Invasion birthday. So awesome. So what are we talking about tonight, sir? So tonight we are going to talk about uh, something that you're in the middle of doing right now, and it's yeah. world building, right? World building. So. Yes. Uh, you need to not only enlighten me because I want to hear some specifics. What exactly is world building? What and is I know a lot of it has to do with RPG, right? I think most of the time that's what people think. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's how, because for me, it doesn't matter what game I'm playing. I'm world building. And if you guys do this in, that are watching Throw a comment up there. Let me know the kind of stuff you do, where you um, put yours, insert your stuff into your games. So, yeah, I would say primarily world building comes from the RPG background. And I, I, I think it's probably safe to say that's where my love for it came from. So my kind of uh, journey in gaming was just like probably everyone that has ever watched anything or that we've interviewed, Redbox D&D. With the little wax yep. crayon, coloring the numbers on the side oh, of your dice. I, I still have some of those dice. I never oh. colored them in, though. So. Oh, come on now. Get with the program. You got to color those bad boys in. These I'm, days I'm, you have a, to... yeah, I'm a purist. You know, I got to put the comic books in the plastic bag, oh, put the cards in oh. the sleeves, all that what stuff. What am I going to do with you? So that's where I started. So that was the whole the whole game, you know. And, and back there with the red box, it was everything was really simple. Nothing was overly complex in the game. But it was like immediately you were sucked into this story and you you weren't just um, like a witness to the story. It wasn't like you were reading the book. Uh, you, you were a character in the book. You know, that's that's what role playing is all about. Mm -hmm. So then then I, you know, I role played for years and then I got into 40K or actually I got into Warhammer Fantasy Battles first because that was kind of Fantasy Battles was my. That was my uh, that was my sweet spot was the fantasy stuff. So I started doing that, and then I started building terrain, and that's when the wheels came off the cart, man. That was when it all started exploding for world building. So I started building this terrain in my war games, and I was like, okay, wait a minute, why do I only have to have that world building in my RPGs? And the answers you don't i mean that's true that, that's, that's true that's and the answer that's that's actually a, a a good uh point to bring up is that whole miniature you know you're you're making your terrain because like many times when and i kind of learned this from you uh years ago when you're setting up your terrain for for me it was wild west exodus right. and it's like you want to tell a story of that town you know, depending on right. what, what what you're putting down and every little scatter terrain has a story behind it. You know, exactly. it may be just that little wood cart or what I like to do is I, I get those little bags of animals from like the grocery store 
Oh and, yeah. You know, cows, pigs, whatever. And I love putting those on, on the board behind buildings or something. And it's like a story. Okay. This is this, this is, you know, this grocery store's yeah. supply of bacon. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, behind it so absolutely and, and todd said did i watch secrets of blackmore yet no i didn't watch it yet but you're right first world building that led to creation done in miniatures games and uh mike said your table is your story that is so 100 you see my tables I, i'll be spending a lot of time putting a little dog in front of the post there office you you know? see, todd threw it up there eric sets up amazing wwx so that was that was where my story Wild West Exodus was where my storytelling in the game started, mm -hmm. you know, on my skirmish games. So for me, and you know, you you take this with a grain of salt because it's all about how much you want to put into your story. Some people want to grab their minis, throw them on the table, shoot each other, throw them back in the box, and and that's it. If they and have a name, fine. yeah, that's absolutely. Fine. And if they have a name, cool. And if they don't, uh, also cool. You know what I mean? It's just some dude on the table. But when I do it, when I started doing it in Wild West Exodus, so I <laughs> I have 13 different Wild West Exodus table setups. And every single one of those tables has a name and a story. So there's a town. So I'll throw a couple of them out there. I had Pepper Creek. So Pepper Creek was sort of up in northern Colorado area. Oh, yeah, you got right? huge stories. And what I liked about some of your tables is some of them is based in like uh, historical fact. You know, your inspiration right. was from these actual places. Right. Robber's Roost. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I had, I had that in there, which was, I, now if you can imagine in a game like Wild West Exodus, which is a weird West steampunk thing going on, <laughs> and you imagine <laughs> Robber's Roost was a place that lawmen didn't go. Because, yeah. I mean, that's it, its name said everything. Well, now give Homeboy and Robber's Roost two bionic arms and RJ-1027 powered guns, and all of a sudden it becomes oh so much more dangerous. So yeah. I was building tables for all of these factions, and I was enamored with the idea that, so you have this Wild West table, but we forget that that, that time period... You know, the plains, it's not all desert. So I started making these plains for the, the warrior nation. I had Wico Valley where I just had these rolling hills. And then the stories just started to develop from there. And then the next point for me in the world building is like, okay, I'm starting to establish these, uh, these locations that we play in. Well, now you get to connect those locations. And mm -hmm. so <clears throat> the the games that appeal to me the most is when I can start adding my own characters to the game, a game that has some kind of built in mechanic where you get to add a character to the game and start creating. And Eric, you can back me up on this one. When I found twisted, I went off the rails. With I was just going to bring twisted up and you, I mean, Twisted is one of those games that you can, as a player, once you get into it and you understand mechanics and stuff, you can easily build scenarios based around what we're talking about, world building. Right. You know, right. you can come up with this, like the one I did for the contest, uh, I, I, you know, yeah. I created a character in this world, yep. you know, a bad guy that the, the players would have to face in the game. Right. Um, so that game is really easy to do that world yeah. building. And I mean, 
shoot, once you got started, your head was turning of, you know, what about over in, you know, the U.S.? <laughs> right, and what's going on everywhere else? Me and you were talking about China, you know, and, you know, you can add that Asian dragon flair from that time period. Which, um, you know, actually is coming eventually from Demented Games. So there's there's an element coming from the Far East, which is mm -hmm. going to be pretty exciting. But that's kind of how I do it in in my RPG, or my, in my tabletop game. So Mike said they did a lava table with ruined buildings for a uh, Wild West Exodus game. That's cool. I mean, that's really cool because that's where you can, you really start telling a story. And what I find when I'm setting up a table, and Eric, this is probably true for you too, is when you're setting it up, and you're not just randomly plopping a piece of terrain down. You, you're telling a story. I've always said to people mm -hmm. when I'm playing a game, they're like, dude, why do you do all this stuff on the table? Because in my mind, the table is the third player. Yeah. That's the third player. And you're, you're telling a story with what's on the table, with how it's set up. Like Mike commented that they did a lava table. My brain's already going for what kind of story <laughs> that involved you know what i mean yeah and why why are they uh around lava right are they nuts y'all couldn't well, find yeah, somewhere else to fight nuts. really y'all couldn't <laughs> find somewhere else to fight what's wrong with you um but but right so why are they there and then uh that and when i'm doing when i'm storytelling like that with my skirmish games that doesn't even that's like not even the tip of the iceberg when i start doing rpg stuff because that was where I came from. So before I started really getting into that with the tabletop storytelling, I had a campaign running and it would be really cool if somewhere out there in Facebook land, someone that was in one of my old groups happened to see this. That would be cool. So we had, we had two campaigns running. We had a palladium fantasy campaign and we had a, are you ready for this one, Eric? You know okay. what the other one is. We had a world of darkness, white wolf campaign. Oh, of course. Right. We ran those two campaigns for, I want to say, six years, six or seven years. Both those a while from what I remember. Yeah. Long time. We ran them a long time. And that was where, that was my first time having a campaign that ran so long. And because of that, in the process, just by default, when you're telling a story, your world starts to build. You know, the next thing I knew, mm -hmm. I had like, 12 pages of non-player characters that that all of the PCs had interacted with at some point in time had all of these locations had bad guys and and stories and villains and heroes and different levels of villains and heroes and it was amazing absolutely amazing and now boom fast forward to 2021 now you have all of these other tools and this is the stuff I really wanted to get into with the world building nowadays. Nowadays that has, you know, I still have behind me because I'm working on a campaign right now for Palladium, a fantasy campaign. And I've got behind me a big old stack of notebooks and stuff that I'm writing in to do stuff for my game. But, but there's all this new stuff out there that you can use. And I think you've, you've explored a little bit of it, haven't you, Eric? The like, uh, so, so uh, let me throw the names out here and you tell me which ones you've become familiar with. Yes. <laughs> world Anvil. Yeah. We played around with that yep. one a little bit. So yep. You got World Anvil and oh my gosh, go on YouTube. I dare you and Google ambience or not Google, but search for ambience for D and D. 
Uh, so I've got a guy that I use. I'm one of his patrons supporting him on Patreon. Um, he kind of always gets a free plug with us because we use his music for background stuff. It's I'm not stealing. I promise I'm allowed to. And his name is Michael Gelfie. I'm probably saying his name wrong, but and his stuff is awesome. He's got everything from ambience to noise to uh, songs, all kinds of really cool stuff. So you have that tool at your disposal. So you're building this atmosphere within the context of the game. And you can do it a lot easier with music because for those of you who tried to create atmosphere in the 90s or even in the 80s, it was easier in the 90s than the 80s because you had to do it with a tape in the 80s. <laughs> you, know, you write fast forward, rewind. and But in the, when I was doing it in the 90s, you could use a CD. Well, you still had to switch CDs and yeah. you know do all that kind of stuff. But now, I mean, you can have your laptop sitting right there with you creating this atmosphere in your game. How cool is that? Yeah. What did you think of World Anvil? Just as a... There was a lot on there that you could spend a lot of time creating your world from scratch, really. Um, some of the stuff that you showed me that you could do or that you were working on, anywhere from like, you know, certain organizations in a city on this continent. And yeah. um, it's unreal how in-depth you could get on World Anvil. Um, yes. It was, I'll admit, it was a little intimidating for me, for somebody that yeah. hasn't done anything on there. But it's one of those things, I think, that if you have some kind of general idea, some notes and stuff, you just jump in. Just jump in and start getting it, you know, yeah. in there. And then you can always go back. What's nice about it is you can go back and organize it better. You can edit it. Um, it and just... They have a ton, I mean a ton of instructional videos yeah. about every little piece. And I'm not talking like you're having to watch 45 minutes of something. They're little five-minute snippets, 10-minute yeah. snippets about what to do. Yeah, and I think a lot of the stuff on there is um, pretty user-friendly, you know, yeah. uh, uh, about what to do. And the videos do really help you uh, explain, like, well, why would I use this feature? And that's what right. the videos are kind of more or less for. So Right. Absolutely. And so in my mind, when I stumbled across that, it is an absolutely fantastic world building tool. You know, sir, coming back around to what we're talking about with world building. So you can have, so basically all world building is, is, hold on, let me answer two questions here before I go on. So Mike says ambience can you be used in a lot of board games too? Yeah. Shadows of Brimstone, Betrayal House on the Hill, so so many so many different games. Mm -hmm. I I and I use ambient music in my skirmish games too. I got steampunk stuff for Twisted. I've got jungle ambience for when I play the Drowned Earth. So I do, I absolutely do the same thing, and I love what it does for a game. And then uh, what did Todd throw up there, Eric? Throw that so, one up there for us. Todd, look at him jumping into <laughs> Twisted from Discover. Oh, look at you. You are very wow. welcome, sir. It is indeed my pleasure to, and Eric's pleasure to have you uh, jump right in there to discover-games.net <laughs> for all of your gaming needs. Yeah, the Twisted Rulebook's good. You're in trouble. Just go ahead and set aside a little bit more money because you're going to need it because that's just Twisted. 
Um, And if you would like to find out more, Todd, if you haven't listened to the audio stories, we've got all of the twisted uh, stories from all of the rule books that they have. They're all on the pod on the podcast. So uh, that's nice way to kind of introduce you to the flavor and the fluff. But so for the world building, I think what you have to do, and you're kind of doing this, Eric, so I'm going to ba- be bouncing right back to you in just a second here, is here's like, I think, my opinion, the number one rule for world building, RPG, skirmish tabletop game, doesn't matter. Are you ready? This is really, I'm going to wait a second. Everybody get a pencil. This is this is powerful stuff. Are you ready? You ready? Okay, here. We're ready. Okay, okay ready? <laughs> just start. Yeah. Just start. That's totally. it. That's it. Just start because yeah. the first time is going to be a big mess. And, but you're going to have some awesome ideas at the, somewhere in that mess that you create mm-hmm. in the beginning, you're going to have a, a, a gold nugget. You're going to have a diamond man that you're, that you're going to run with. And it's going to forever be a part of your world building. It's going to be a technique that you always use or a style. That's all you, it's going to be something but you got to start. And what are you doing, Eric? So, yeah, this is where I've been hung up on is just starting. And for me, what the problem I think is, is the overload of ideas. Right. And it's like, which one do I pick? Um, And I kind of what I started doing is I wrote down a bunch of those ideas and it's like, okay, which ones do I like? I need basically I needed three you know, three, right. three of them. And it's like, which one of these three is my favorite idea? So right. I just started kind of picking them and I got started. Some of them are fleshed out, built out better for right. the characters that, you know, I'm trying to work into this campaign. Other ones still need a little bit more work. Right. But I got the ideas there and I got them started. So, yeah, I mean, because that's the thing is you, you got to just start because if you start, You've you've already taken that first step, mm-hmm. you know, and and a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step, and that's huge. And you you have to attack it with thinking to yourself, I'm not going to be discouraged if it's not perfect, especially if you're doing it within I think the RPG context. Because if you're doing some storytelling on the tabletop in a skirmish game, there's two of you. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And you you might not even tell them the story. You might've just set up the table and you're kind of telling your story in your head to yourself going, okay, I've got this going on in my head. And maybe you're a little nervous about looking like too big of a nerd. I I don't know. I'm not sure how I could look like more of a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Well, a lot of times those stories come out of the the table too. You know, you may not have a certain story, uh, like a solid story built into whatever scenery piece or, yep. um, you know, piece of writing that you did. But it's enough of uh, uh, a hint at something that as the players interact with it, whether it's RPG or tabletop, the stories are going to come out. That's yeah. where a lot of our our little schlubs got their names from. You know, your no name sure. troopers that sure. this guy survived you know, at all costs when it's like, well, that guy's getting a name now. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Todd, 
Todd, I, what do you want me to say? You want me to send you a coffee cup, don't you? That's what that's about. <laughs> he's, he's angling for a coffee cup. You, you're such a nice guy, Todd. I like you. Well, I just saw a little bit further up in the, uh, the chat there. Mike is talking about one of my all-time favorite games. And Mike, we played the heck out of this game in the 90s. And that is, he, he first said, atmosphere is great for ambience. Now, if okay. you guys don't know, this is a VCR game, <laughs> board game from the 90s where you, you put the, the videotape in the VCR. It's usually about an hour. That's like the gameplay. And you got the guy coming on screen yelling at you and telling you to do this, do that, stop. And and it had... If, we, while, we really got to stop talking about stuff that dates us. Why he wasn't talking, they had the music, you know, that creepy right, music. Right. So it's like you kind of get that feeling of, oh, I got to go, I got to go, I got to get that thing, you know? And yeah. then he comes on and ruins your day. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> That's a game I love. Man, I, I couldn't agree more with, with those comments about stuff like that. And, and if we look back on it, we realize that those are the things that kind of resonate. They stick out for us. Mm -hmm. uh, and and you, you kind of have to look for the opportunities because the opportunities always present themselves. So you said you were talking about on the tabletop. This guy pulls off. Like I have two dirt farmers in my um golden army okay? i like this story <laughs> okay and i'm getting hammered on the table i'm just getting wiped out in wild west exodus and jesse james comes around the corner and my Double two J. little dirt farmers with their pistols can't hit the broad side of a barn jump out and they cut him down that is legendary those guys they got special bases after that. Okay. They got special bases <laughs> because they were, they were, they were amazing. And then I had another guy, you, and, and the opportunities are everywhere in our hobby for your world building. So mm -hmm. I had a box of outlaws again for wild West Exodus. And I keep going back to that game because that was where I really, really started storytelling in my skirmish games. So I had a box of outlaws. I'm putting my outlaws together. Cause you know, I, I only had like, 50 so i needed more for a game oh that, has, that has 12 models on the table so clearly i needed more so i'm putting them together i think i got them on um e either <laughs> probably i heard an e and a y there <laughs> that's probably where i got them but i'm going through the box and for those of you that have ever put together wild west exodus miniatures they kind of decided hey how many pieces can we cut this model into and so i'm putting them all together and I didn't lose this piece, I promise. But I was missing one arm from um, one of the outlaws. So immediately, my brain went to the Unforgiven with Clint Eastwood. And they had the deputy who had one arm. So I busted out some green stuff, and I gave him a little flappy sleeve. <laughs> That's a and, good idea. And really. bam, there he that was. is a really and good idea. I like that because it it fits the the theme, the 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 setting, and it just my mind goes about okay, what's that dude's story? Right, exactly, exactly. And that was the best part. And I even did stuff like you might remember this one too. So at the time, the the Wild West Exodus group wasn't really big because War Cradle hadn't taken them over. They hadn't exploded as much as they have. And um, so I would get these old hero clicks models. I would hunt down models from wherever I could find them. And I started creating characters in my world that were based off of the guys that were active in the Facebook group. 
Oh, yeah, I remember so, you doing that. Right, right. So I had, as a matter of fact, I never got around to you, actually. But you're, Did you? No, Maybe I you never got that. around to you, but I did get both of your co-hosts on the yeah. saloon. I was fairly new in the group, I think, yeah. at that time. Yeah, um, so, just uh, when I jumped in. And Tom, Kenny, he he was he was a bad person. He was Colonel Kenny. He was the uh he was the big rancher at Pepper Creek. He was not <laughs> a nice man. Sheriff bought and paid for, you know, that kind of situation. Big old big ranch owner and everything. So that's probably the biggest thing I would get out of this, aside from Todd really wanting a coffee cup and saying that I could <laughs> teach a world building class. And I don't know if I should do that, but um, but is to start and to just look for the opportunities to tell a story. Mm-hmm. And again, not busting on anybody that just wants to throw dice, because you know what? The games we play are great for that, too. They're There's amazing. Some- they're Sometimes amazing. you just want that quick game where it's like, yeah. okay, let's see who can kill the other first, you yeah. know? Yeah, you know, di- dice chuckers, um, beer and pretzels games, whatever you want to call them. Those are absolutely great. But if you want to tell a story, it doesn't have to be complicated. You just have to look for the opportunities because they're all over the place. Like I said, your model's mm-hmm. missing an arm. Well, you can get irate about it or you can go, oh, well, what can I do with this? Uh, you could still contact the seller of the item and get your arm too. I'm not saying don't do that, but, but, you know, look at, look at the silver lining on things and look at opportunities within the game. Someone that you're playing dice rolls in the game. Uh, I know we're running out of time in our 30 minutes, but the drowned earth, one of the things that appealed to me the most about that game was that when you play a game of the drowned earth, James's intention wasn't that so eric and i play a game and at the end of the game i say to eric man that one roll i made you know i rolled uh a 10 you know whatever and you're talking about the roll but you talk about what happened you know mm-hmm. to what, make what, it what, such make it a 10 and that's that's yeah. what i like about like some role-playing games depending on if you fail or succeed you know you can put that story into what yes. the role is to make it more cinematic or uh, funny or you know whatever and a lot of that ties into that world building of right what is this guy like what is he from what is he confronting in in the game what you know what's the story behind that and that's all world building yeah you know and, and it doesn't it doesn't mean that you have to be a big author or anything no. like that you don't have to write anything you can have one model and be like you know what this is Josh Muckatelli uh you know and and he, whatever his story is, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever it was, I apologize if there's anyone out there named Joe Schmuckatelli. Oh, that's good. That's <laughs> but, good. you know, it could be that one guy and maybe that one model did something in your game. And if you play, you're playing a massive game of 40K maybe. And you have one dude that rolls super well. And you remember that guy. Give him a name. Yeah. Who cares if he dies in the next game? You know what I mean? Who cares? He That one model will forever be whatever you named him. Uh, we had, I'll give you a perfect example of something like that happened real quick. We were playing a game of 40K, Grey Knights against Imperial Guard. For anyone that plays 40K, I don't even have to tell you, the Imperial Guard always lose that fight. Period. They just do because the Grey Knights were always super overpowered, and but it was played just for fun. But... Caldor Drago, the leader of the Grey Knights, who, you know, he can like crush planets in his teeth 
kind of guy. He's that kind of powerful dude. He decides he's going to do, I don't remember what the rule is called. He's going to do a last stand as this rhino tries to run him over. So the smallest tank in the game that has the itty bittiest gun on the top of it, that is only used to transport troops. He decides he's going to do a last stand in front of the tank. There's like a one in a million chance that anything will happen to him. Well, guess what happened? That tank killed him. The commander of the Grey Knight's army ran his behind right over and killed him dead, killed him dead. And it was my son's army. So he took that, uh, he took that transport, whatever. It might not have been a rhino. It was some, I think it was a rhino because he was playing sisters of battle. That's what it was. He had his sisters of battle, which are even weaker than the Imperial guard. Uh, (laughs) And he took that bad boy, stripped it, repainted it. It was the only gold rhino in the whole army (laughs) because it was the rhino that had killed Calgor. (laughs) Oh man, they got steak dinners that night, didn't they? Right. right. So, but see, even that little bit, that's world building. That's what it's all about. And you read these amazing things like the, the fluff from Warhammer 40 K I've said, I say it, I say it seems like almost every time we get on, it doesn't matter if you love or hate GW, you, you can't deny the fact that they have some world building there. If you've ever seen. World building. Right. Yeah. And that world was built one piece at a time. Yep. Some people are mad because they've changed a lot of the story, but it's just, it's a progressive world building one piece at a time. Just enjoy the ride, man. And start, start your own ride, run over your own Caldor Drago. Yep. <laughs> I did hear that sis- the sisters became much better. Um, my, my son has gotten the more recent ones and he's only gotten them on the table a couple times. Uh, but he said that they do have some serious improvements in them. And I'm glad cause they're, they're a cool looking army. They always have been. And, uh, yes, their lore is awesome. It it's all of it is you, you just can't, you can't beat it. So I did good. I didn't ramble too long. You got yeah. me. We decided give, uh... to be on a subject that I could have done a, like a whole nother episode of shorts. It'd be like not quite as short shorts quick shout out to uh, i think this might be the first time anthony's been on here uh i think so he he liked us bringing up the old red box um i know i've talked to anthony on the facebook before and awesome he shakes his fist at us because we make him buy new games and stuff like that but well <laughs> i'm glad he could join us for that, the stream that is our job that is our mission in life yep. is to make the rest of you guys spend as much as we do on the games <laughs> and then i did want to comment mike brought up yeah we talked about having an undertaker even if it's just a civilian because they right. do have a building that he could go in now and I mean, it, this is the kind of thing that I think about in, in that game. Uh, when I build the boards, I have a nun that has a gun and she's I, just, I that. yeah, she's just like one of my citizens in the town that sits there and it yep. kind of goes along the lines where we're talking about the animals and stuff too. Yep. And, um, I love having civilians on the board in Wild yeah. West Exodus and Mike, if you're looking to do that, I highly suggest you look into, uh, horror clicks. Horror Clicks has some really good stuff yeah. that fits right into the Wild West Exodus feel. I have an entire carnival table that is just filled with uh, the sicko horror click carnies uh, for Wild West Exodus, and it's a fun table. Did you get to play on that one? At a yeah, I played, I played Daz on that table, and we okay. were fighting around the big elephant in the big top, yeah. and I... I- <laughs> I can't remember who was I asked. I think it was Brian. I said, Brian, is there a rule that I can go and slap this 
elephant on the ass and make them stampede. <laughs> now, FYI, at Mac's house, there was. <laughs> there was. But you didn't even have to touch him. You just had to come inside the big top and start shooting. And he'd go nuts. And he'd go nuts. <laughs> That's right. And there was no getting out of his way either, man. I mean, you could get out of his way, but if he got a hold of you, you were just taking your model off the table because no cowboy is going to um, stand up in front of a very mad elephant. So, yeah. yeah. All right. I think, uh, let's see, whose turn is it to take us out? I don't know. You better take us out because I'm already looking at all our stuff. All right, look at you. Look at look at look at this guy. He makes me do all the work. What are we gonna do with this guy? I love this guy. Isn't he awesome? Except he has to shovel snow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to get that jab in. Anyway, thanks for joining us tonight, guys. We're really enjoying doing these indie invasion shorts, especially because you guys are engaging in the conversation. Man, mm-hmm. we love that. That is so much fun for us. It's like the it's the reason. We do it. It's just to chat with you guys and spread the spread the gaming love. But because we're trying to expand the gaming universe, <laughs> too much coffee. The gaming universe, one game at a time. <laughs> Remember, you can check us out on Podbean, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, Pocket Casts. I think Verbal, which is a new one that just emailed me. Every day, I see a new one pop up. Right, and it, it's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, we can't even we can't even keep up with it. So everywhere you can listen to podcasts, you you'll should probably be able find. To- yeah, you'll probably find the 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 either the the main show, uh, a lot of the audio stories that Max li- likes yep. reading and giving you a taste into that world. Yep, yep. And you can also check us out on YouTube. Go to our Facebook page as well. You can also check out the fa- the Coastal Con Facebook, which is uh, the convention that that we run. You can check us out on Twitch. We're streaming to Twitch today. Mm-hmm. And we also are on Instagram, Discord, Twitter, and Podbean, obviously. We were just telling you that. And apparently we're on StreamYard, too, because that's where we are right now. Yep, yep. But Discord. Guys, go over and check out the Discord channel. You can find all of these links on our Coastal Con page. So you can go to coastal coastaltext.com. <laughs> eventually i'll have to stop i'll be able to stop explaining that someone else had the coastal con website so we are coastal text because that's what i was given so coastaltext.com has all of your links for indie invasion that's right hoss (laughs) (laughs) so so yeah so you can go check it out there you can also get links to unipolar games that does all of our merchandise and they do all kinds of cool custom merchandise they work in the neoprene they do lots of awesome dice trays i have kind of all of them that they make because i like them and they do our t-shirts our coffee cups all that kind of stuff they're really cool company check it out check hit aj up at unipolar games and if you're looking as Todd was to get into one of these games that we always talk about, you can check out discover-games.net. That is Discover Games. They are out of Fayetteville, Georgia, but they do have an online store and they do ship. And they are a store that sponsors our convention and they carry a lot of these independent games that we're talking about. And if they don't carry them, they have connections with the companies so they can easily get them. Mm -hmm. Also, can't forget about our Patreon. If you want to go over and check out our Patreon, it is all free. We don't have, you can sign up to support us, to help us out, to get 
new headphones for Mac. Like we always joke about one day I'll have new headphones and I won't know what to say. I'm going to get stuck on this part because I'll have new headphones, but you can check us out. Everything over there is free. We do post some stuff exclusively over there, but you can just go watch everything that we put up over there. We are also on rumble, mostly only putting the audio stories up over there. So you can go listen over there. We're trying to expand the gaming universe one game at a time. So, uh, Robert joined us, uh, who is the creator of, I just drew a blank, Battle Space. I was trying to figure out, do I say Table Salt Games or do I say Battle Space? Because he is both of them. And he's joined us tonight. Check his game out, too. You can download that through Drive Through RPG. And it is solo, so it's really good for yeah. the COVID times. It's, it's, an, it's a pretty awesome game. I've played a couple games, really enjoyed it. Only have, uh, you made a video uh, uh, based on that too that people can check out. Um, we did an interview with Robert. Uh, okay. that, we that did the interview, we and I thought maybe maybe I'm thinking of the pictures you took of a bunch of. Yeah, this stuff. I did do I did do some pictures of that one, and those are in the Coastal Con group, and probably the Indian Invasion one. Not sure about that, but as usual, guys, we're super glad that you joined us, and we will be back next Wednesday. We'll also well, actually we'll be back Monday night with our paint on the desk hobby hangout where we just have a few buddies join us and ramble on about absolutely nothing in yeah. a nonsensical way and laugh and it's have a good time. Gaming support at its finest. That's right. That's right. We paint models, work on whatever it is about the hobby and we talk. And then Wednesdays we will be on for our Indian invasion shorts doing our little 30 minute to 40 minute episodes. Yeah. <laughs> trying to, we, we're trying we can to ramble get, on. <laughs> try, trying to be good about that. Um, and also I'll be on the lookout. This one will go on Podbean tomorrow. We'll put this up. We'll post this audio up on Podbean tomorrow. And Friday is our, with my child over there being loud. <laughs> what are you going to do? Right. Um, and Friday is when we post. So we should have a new, episode up and yep. five or six new audio stories up bunch so, of content for you guys to listen to and your and push it over four thousand <laughs> or if you're just sitting working on your hobby stuff you know you can just put yep. us on and in the background and just chill out to the smooth voice there you go the smooth dulcet tones of Huffman yes. <laughs> All right, guys, have a good night. And when you're out there playing your games, having lots of fun and enjoying the company of other guys, remember to prepare yourself for, what is it? The, the invasion. invasion. Bye.